0: Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, we left off uh, last last week. We were looking at um, we were looking at in the uh, in Second Kings here, and we got through chapters one, two, and three. Uh, now remember, I, I like to mention this, but uh, your Bible is basically you could actually say your Bible before you get to Jesus, it stops right here. This is your history all the way down to here. Praise the Lord. There's a few more books got a little bit of history in it. Oh, uh, oh, uh, yeah, but. Uh, Most of, well, Daniel's got historic stuff in there too. Uh, But anyway, this is the heart of it. And these other books beneath it were what they call prophets. And they all prophesied. Let's close this a second. These guys here, starting with, oh, oh, these guys, Isaiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. These were the guys that were trying to warn these guys right here that, man, we are going to lose our whole nation if we don't cut this out. Okay, And then all of a sudden, after all these prophets, we have Matthew. Well, then that Jesus is here by now. And, uh, but anyway, so, so here you go after all these prophets right here, your Bible's laid out. And then all of a sudden after Malachi, here's, that's, your, that's Matthew, where you start in the New Testament, like right here, whatever. That's where Matthew starts. Okay. All right. But anyway, now let's go back to this. Let's start here in, uh, I want to take a note here in Luke first, Luke chapter 4. And in Luke chapter 4, Oh, talking about Jesus here just a moment. Oh, because he's going to mention something about somebody that uh, <clears throat> we're going to look at. Okay, here we go. Right here, in Luke chapter 4, looking down here at verse 25, he says, For example, remember how Elijah the prophet... Now, wait a minute. How can we, you know, remember? I never heard of the guy. He's in your Bible. So we're, we'll go look and see. That's the reason today you don't want to depend on, even me, you don't want to depend on just me giving you the Bible stories. You've got a copy, it's written in English, you can read it yourself. And it's amazing what happens when you read it yourself. You have those, some people, they say it today, I even heard this week, my boss was, he was over several feet from me and all of a sudden he goes, I just had an epiphany. What does he mean by that? He means he just had... A moment with the Lord, or whatever. You can have those moments with the Lord all your life. Just read your own Bible. But anyway, remember how Elijah the prophet? We're going to look at Elisha a little bit different. S H A. He was right behind this guy. They both knew each other. But anyway, oh, uh, let's see. And then if we go down to, um, let's see. Yeah, here we go. Look at this. Right in the same. The prophet Elisha. There's both of them. Elijah and Elisha. Well, how can we remember if we didn't know? So, we got a great benefit this morning. We're going to look at uh, that uh, one of them today. You'll be amazed at what we see here. Okay, so we'll go to 2 Kings. It's just volume 2. It's not the second king that ever was. It's just volumes. Okay, and we're starting here at chapter 4. Now... One day the wife of the seminary students came to Elijah. Now it's just like seminary? What? Bible's just for no believe me, this is the only time they ever mentioned seminary, okay? And it was just a group of students, okay, like they do today. Certain certain uh, schools and stuff have been doing it since the 15th century. Okay. Anyway, these students they came to Elijah to tell him of her husband's death. It was this wife. Now, what do we care about this woman? Her husband died. Well, get ready. It's pocketbook time. And this is what affects us. And it's not a bad news story. It's a good news story. So if your book, your wallet is a little low on cash, pay close attention. Watch this. He was a, uh, anyway, she said, he was a man who loved God, she said, but he owed some money. Oh, man. You ever got behind on your bills? Well, hello. Let's pay attention. And now the creditor was demanding it back. You owe this money. Now, listen, we need to thank God we live in the United States. That's one praise report you already possess this morning. You're in the United States, even though things don't go so great sometimes. But listen, you would be shaking your head if you saw what was fixing to happen here. Anyway, she owed some money when he died. Now the creditor was demanding it back. Hey, pay it, buddy. Well, she could just file a chapter. No, wait a minute, Can't do that. If she didn't pay, he said he would take her two sons as slaves. Well, maybe it's not that bad on you or something, but it's still bad. They're going to do that. Maybe they're going to repossess something or whatever. Or it doesn't matter. Or maybe you just can't do anything financially now because now you're dirt broke. Well, I'm just not going to read my Bible anymore. Again, Jesus mentioned, did you not remember Elijah? Did you not remember Elisha? And matter of fact, Jesus in Luke chapter 4 was saying, all of these scriptures are fulfilled in your ears. That means we got to use some faith. we got to say, you know what, praise the Lord, I have this. I have this story. This story belongs to me. Well, let's see what happens. What shall I do? Elisha asked. Now, that... Isn't that a great thing? Now, remember, he's, he's speaking for Jesus. And I mean, I'm telling you, it's true. Jesus, I like to say it, Jesus is much better than Santa Claus. Santa Claus only once a year. <laughs> and then sometimes, as you learn, you have to negotiate with your parents about Santa Claus. No negotiating here. The Lord will help you if you just ask him. What shall I do, Elijah asked? How much food do you have in the house? Nothing at all, except a jar of olive oil. Well, hmm. You're, you're in trouble, Jesus would say. No, he didn't. Look at this. He said, then borrow many pots and pans from your friends and neighbors, he instructed. Go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Notice he didn't say, you know what? You're going to appreciate having two sons if you lose them. It'll build character. You know, losing sons will help you grow closer to God. Ah, please, oh, mercy. It's a blessing to have children. God's not calling your children home. I know we've, I've been to cemeteries and it's birth and it's, it's the day they were born and they died. I understand that, but it's not right. It's not a blessing. People are heartbroken about it. Okay. God's not in the business of taking kids. Now he'll take care of a child that's done gone home to be with the Lord, but the Lord doesn't try to tear women apart. Some people we write books about it. How I learned to live after ten miscarriages. I finally learned it's not the Lord doesn't want me to have kids. Man, if you read the Bible, you'd never believe that because everybody in the Bible that had that same trouble went to the Lord and they got a miracle, and the Lord will help you. It's, it, it's not hard to figure this out, <clears throat> but it's, it's easy to understand how people just believe. I mean, they don't—they they make up their own stories because they try to fit their problem into the will of the Lord. In other words, if it don't work out, then it must be the Lord's will. No, this wasn't working out at all. But look what happened. He said, Then pour the olive oil from your jar into the pots and pans, setting them aside as they are filled. What? That ain't going to last long. We got but just... But it kept going. Well, I've never heard of that. Yes, you have. The feeding of the 5,000. Jesus took five loaves, two fishes, he broke it, and it kept going. And he did it again within a few weeks later when he fed the 4,000. And then he told his disciples on the boat that he says, didn't you remember I fed the 4,000 and the 5,000? And it was, he was saying it was a perpetual thing because they thought because they didn't bring any food on the boat, Jesus was going to go bananas on them. And he said, man, I can't, don't you ever think I'm going to worry about food. Anyway, so she did. Her sons brought the pots and pans to her. She filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Wow, bring me another jar, she told her sons. And they said, man, look, we, we can't find no more. There aren't any more, they told him. Then she then the oil stopped flowing. When she told the prophet what happened, he said to her, go, look at this, sell the oil, pay your debt. There will be enough money left for you and your sons to live on. No, wait a minute. We don't know that. Oh, yeah, he did. That's what happened. Do you notice he didn't say, well, let's just see if we can figure this out. and Let's just hope. He said, sell all that. Pay your debt. You'll have enough. I mean, this is just like retirement money. They went from being slaves, her sons, to being totally taken care of. Praise the Lord. So what are we going to do with that story? Well, I don't know what you're hurting with financially or whatever, or you're lacking anything, but you should expect these great miracles to take place in your life. Because guess what? He's called, we'll look at it in a moment, he's called a great prophet too. And he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And that picture is a good example of it. He's knocking on the door saying, Hey, Richard, open my door. I, got, I know you got pots and pans in there. I know where some are. We're going to take some oil. We're gonna pour, we're, you're going to make it. Anyway, watch this. One day, Elisha went to Shunem. A prominent woman of the city invited him to eat. And afterwards, whenever he passed that way, he stopped for dinner. So this woman was a hoop de do woman. Mayor's wife or something. And he always stopped by there. Now look what he says. She said to her husband, I'm sure this man who stops uh, in from time to time is a holy prophet. Let's make a little room for him on the roof. We can put a bed, a table, a chair, and a lamp. And he'll have a place to say uh, whenever he comes by. Once when he was resting in the room, he said to his servant, Now this is, this is Elisha. He's in that room with the table, the chair, and the lamp. Okay. He's got a little helper. He says, tell that woman I want to speak for her. Okay. And when she came, he said to Gehazi, we'll just call him George. He said to George, tell her we appreciate her kindness to her. Now ask her for what we can do for her. I'm telling you, this Santa Claus stuff has got to stop. No, it doesn't. We have got to have help. Again, beautiful picture right there. Jesus said, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. He wants to live in your house. He wants to be there right. He wants to help you. Let's ask what we can do for her. Uh, Does she want me to put in a good word for her to the king uh, or to the general of the army? Uh, She said, no, I'm perfectly fine. Well, wait a minute. Now, look what happened. Based on what I just told you about having kids, look at this. What can we do for her? He asked George or Gehazi afterward. He said, hey, she doesn't have a son. Her husband's an old man. Oh, call her back in, Elisha told him. She returned in. He talked to her as she stood in the doorway. Next year, about this time, you're going to have a son. Now, (laughs) People just don't need to be saying stuff like that. Well, yeah, you can. Absolutely. You know, the Bible tells us that Moses said when he got the children of Israel across the, when he was up on Mount Sinai, he'd come back down. He said this about the Lord. He said, I'll bless your water and bread and take sickness out of the midst of you. And he said, and they'll none cast their young. I know it's kind of tough in the King James, but it means have miscarriages. Wow. Deuteronomy 28 talks about the same thing, the blessing of the Lord. I mean, come on, Isaac, his wife was Rebecca, and she couldn't have kids. And Isaac goes, Lord, help. All of a sudden, Rebecca has a kid. Abraham's married to Sarah, who cannot have kids. <laughs> and he tells the Lord, yeah, what good are your blessings? I've got all these, i got gold, I've got cattle, i got everything, and I'm going to have a servant that's going to inherit everything. And the Lord says, nope, you're going to have your own son. Answered his prayer all the way down through. Then Jacob did the same thing. Jacob was married to Leah and Rachel. Now, Leah was having kids, but Rachel, is the one he really loved, she couldn't have no kids. She screamed at him one day. She said, Jacob, give me kids or I'm going to (laughs) die. And Jacob goes, I can't do anything about this. Am I God, you know? But he went to the Lord about it, and all of a sudden, she starts having kids. I mean, it did not take me long to figure this out. And the same thing's here, too. We love the Lord. We ask the Lord for His help. He'll help us. So anyway, next year, you're going to have a kid. You're going to have a son. Wow, look what happens. Old man of God, she exclaimed, don't lie to me like that. That's what she said, don't you be lying to me. But it was true, the woman soon conceived, had a baby boy the following year, just as Elijah had predicted. Now listen, they speed the story up real fast so you can catch a miracle here. And it's not to go, oh, Elisha's a man of God. It's all through the Bible. Matter of fact, I'll show you in a moment here in... In 1 Kings chapter 17, the exact same story with Elijah. He was with the the widow of Zarephath. She had a son, and he kicked the bucket. Died. And he did the same thing she did. Then we'll find out the Lord did the same thing, too. Okay, it was true, the woman said. Okay, but when her child was older, he went out to visit his father, who was working with the reapers. Now, see, this is fantastic for Bree and for Tyler, you know, and for their little girl. Or anybody who's got kids. Look how the Lord takes care of your kids. It's like, well, you lose some. I don't care if it's car wrecks or whatever. Call on the name of the Lord. Man, I got a horrible call while I was deer hunting one time. I'm deer hunting. All of Some, sudden, my phone rings. Man, Melody was panicking. They just were in a terrible wreck. And this is exactly what Melody said. She said, we're in a bad wreck. And uh, joy is bleeding and not responding. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I called Dustin, I remember that, and we were both on the phone, in the name of Jesus, they'll live and not die. And now, to this day, you couldn't tell anything about Joy. She had a hundred and something stitches and stuff, And but anyway, oh, she came to, it was funny, because she was worried about Melody in the back seat. Melody was already taken out by the UPS guy out of the car, and Joy finally came to, and she's reaching, she couldn't see for the blood in her eyes, and she's reaching and she's hollering for Mel, making sure Mel was okay. Praise the Lord. And Dustin and I are believing God that joy's alive. You know, we're trying to race like you did to the hospital. <laughs> and I was trying to not kill myself getting out of a tree stand with a loaded rifle. I'm like, okay, unload your gun, get down, you know, and go and then not panic. I'm like, I'm going to lose a daughter. I'm not going to lose a daughter because I've raised myself on these stories. These stories are true. Anyway, one day your child was older. He went to visit his father. He was working with the reapers. Okay, he's bailing hay, whatever, okay. He claimed about his head a headache and soon was moaning in pain. His father said to his servants, carry him home to his mother. Now notice we don't have anything in here saying, the Lord put this on this child. We don't have any of that. It's just life. We've got trouble out there. Just ask the Lord to help you. That's all. The Bible says, Jesus said that, talking about the devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And Jesus said, but I've come, so you might have a life. Pretty good comparison. Anyway, His headache was hurt. Carry him home to his mother. So anyway, the servants got him home, took him home. His mother held him in her lap, but at noontime, he died. Oh, no. Mercy. She carried him up to the bed of the prophet and shut the door. Then she sent a message to her husband. Send one of the servants and a donkey so I can hurry to the prophet and come right back. Now, notice she didn't say to her husband what happened. You know, we got to use some faith. You've got to use some faith. Come on. If you got a favorite football team and NFL's over with right now, but you'd be pulling for your team. That's what faith is. It's not like, well, I ain't pulling. They're going to they're gonna get beat, you know. He says, why are you going to church today for? It isn't a religious holiday, but she said, it's important. I must go. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, hurry, uh, don't slow down for my comfort unless I tell you to. Now, what's her hurry? She knew how to get a miracle. She approached Mount Carmel. Would we'll you say, you know, whatever, Grant Mountain over there. Elisha saw her in the distance and said to Gehazi, look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run meet her and ask her what her trouble is. See if her husband's all right and if the child is well. Now, whoa, whoa, here we go again. It is a candy story. It's okay. Man, I tell you, sometimes we feel like uh, I I'm not going to ask the Lord for anything because He has He's got a lot on His plate. He has to deal with Africa and places like this, and my problems are so. No, your problems are important. She said. Uh, anyway, yes, she said. Gehazi, everything. Oh, excuse me. Anyway, uh, but anyway, so she told Gehazi. She said everything's fine. Wait a minute. What do you mean everything's fine, boy? I tell you, she's using her faith, wasn't she? When, anyway, when she came to Elijah at the mountain, she fell before the ground and she caught his feet. Well, Gehazi, I would say George here, George tried to push her away. But the prophet said, hey, let her alone. Something's deeply troubling her and the Lord hadn't told me what it is. Do you really expect the Lord? Yeah. The prophet was expecting to. Then she said, it was you that told me I would have a son. Now remember, this has been 12 years. And I begged you not to lie to me. Well, a lot of things can happen. The Lord wants to teach you. Oh, throw that away! Go after your miracle. You got the rest of your life to deal with something that doesn't work out. But hang in there and trust the Lord for this. Anyway, he said, "Quick, take my staff. Don't talk to anyone. Hurry. Lay the staff on the child's face." But the boy's woman—excuse me—the boy's mother said, "I swear to God, I won't go home without you." So Elijah returned with her. Gehazi went and laid the staff on the child's face, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and said, The child is still dead. Well, where have we heard this before? You know, don't bother Jesus anymore. The daughter, Your daughter's dead. Don't give up. Anyway, Elisha arrived, and the child was indeed dead. Laying there upon the prophet's bed, he went in, shut the door behind him, prayed to the Lord. Hint, 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 hint. Can I do that? Yes, you can. Then he lay upon the child's body, placing his mouth upon the child's mouth, and his eyes upon the child's eyes, And his hands on the child's hands and the child's body began to grow, whatever, grow warm here. Okay. Uh, Then the prophet walked downstairs, walked back and forth in the house a few times, returned upstairs, stretched himself again upon the child. This time the little boy sneezed seven times, opened his eyes. The prophet summoned Gehazi or George. He said, hey, call her. And she came in and said, hey, here's your son. (laughs) Praise the Lord. You know, really, she had the Lord by his coattail there. You told me I'd have a son and look, now he's dead. Anyway, so he comes back and says, no, here's your son, praise the Lord. And she did the right thing. Notice she didn't run off to some other god, which, remember the guy that fell off the porch last week, that idiot. He went to the temple of the devil, whatever it was, above, asking for help. I remember Elijah said, you can forget it. You ain't going to get well because you did that, you know. Anyway, she fell at the floor of his feet, anyway, and picked up her son and went out. Elijah returned to Gilgal, and there was famine in the land. Oh. Okay, uh, before I get to this story, I want to back up to, um, uh, let me go to 2 Kings and look at 17 here. Here's Elijah, another guy the Lord spoke of, both in that same passage in Luke. Look what happened here. She had a similar situation. She thought she was going to have one more meal and die, okay? And they only had a handful of flour left and cooking jar and all this kind of stuff. They're going to eat it and die. But Elisha said, nope. That ain't going to happen. Anyway, let's just... So they wound up, uh, same story. But anyway, one day the woman's son got sick and died. Now if you're reading this, and you, you would have run across this within a couple of days, even if you just read your Bible an hour or 30 minutes, you would have, you, you would have got this. They're not that far apart, and you'd see a pattern. That's right, it's a pattern. Oh, man of God, she cried, why have you done this to me? Have you come here to punish me for my sins by killing my son? Well, sometimes we would think that. But notice, he stopped he said, No, 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 give him, give him to me. He took the child, the boy's body, from her carried it to the upstairs guest room where he lived. He laid the body on the bed. Then he cried out to the Lord, "Oh Lord my God, why have you killed the son of this one widow of whom I'm staying? Now notice this. He stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, Lord my God, please let this child's spirit return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer. Now we got to have a prayer. There's nothing for him to hear. Okay, I think we got that. Anyway, the spirit of the, t- of the child returned. He became alive. Look at this. Same situation. Look at this. Elijah took him downstairs, gave him to his mother, and said, See, he's alive. He beamed. Now, boy, wouldn't that? Boy. Uh, woo. Praise the Lord. Anyway, praise the Lord. Okay. Uh, uh, let me go back here to Second Kings. Oops. The passage did Second Kings 2 Kings chapter we're at 4. But now, before we go any further there, Let's look at this same story. Say, Richard, how do you know where these things are? Well, I just—you—you I just, you can find them too. Of course, you could just search. You can use Surrey now and find it on your smartphone. But um, look at this right here. This is uh, Luke chapter eleven. Uh, let me see if we can find it here. That's verse seventeen. I see. No, oh, excuse me. It's seven, eleven. Guess what it is. Look at this. Uh, not long after, now this is Jesus. Not long after, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain. Okay, he went to Huntsville. All right, on his way. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The boy who had died, wasn't like he was 80 years old or something. The boy who died was the only son of his widowed mother. Well, that was all her, man, she's financial trouble plus heart because her son's dead. And many mourners, I mean, people were upset, from the village were with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed. Now, does, does his heart overflow with anything towards you and I? Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. We just throw it out the window sometimes. We think he doesn't do it. His heart overflowed with sympathy. Don't cry. What, be tough? No. He wasn't done talking. He walked over to the coffin, touched it to the pallbearers, They stopped and said, Laddie, to the child, come back to life again. The boy sat up and began to, man, I'm sure it scared the daylights out of everybody. Look at that. He sat up and began to talk around. Jesus gave him back to his mother. Now, there's three cases we've seen already. Elijah gave him back to his mother. Elisha gave him back to his mother. And then we have Jesus gave him back to his mother And this is not even the daughter that was raised from the dead. It's not even Lazarus. It's not even the ones in the book of Acts that were raised from the dead. Look at this. A great fear swept through the crowd. They exclaimed with praises, A mighty prophet has risen among us. That's the reason we're looking at Elijah and Elisha. Because they were mighty prophets. We've seen the hand of God at work today. Now this picture, I keep pointing over there to it. But let's check one thing here real quick. Oh. Why that matters. Very last verse of Matthew. Matthew's just a book. The punchline's at the very end. Look what the punchline is. I am with you always, even to the end of the world. But what we do, we just don't think he can do anything. He can't take care of, you know, all, you know, little girl's fingers. Of course he can, praise the Lord. Think he can take care of your gas when it's about to run out? Of course he can. I, I meant to go to the store the other day. And this, you, think that, you might think this is insignificant, but it's not. I mean, I love the Lord. We all love the Lord. I meant to get some shampoo the other day. I keep my shampoo and most of us turn it upside down, you know. And I, I meant to get it yesterday. And I knew, I was thinking, there's not going to be enough. But I remembered these stories, how the oil... Was And I thought, because I didn't want to use soap. I wanted to use shampoo. And so I just said, praise the Lord. And it was too late. I'm already in the bathtub. I said, there's going to be enough shampoo. Praise the Lord. And And I mean, i tell you what, I opened it up. And the first pump was air. The second pump, there was enough in there to get my shampoo, my hair. But now the reason I thought about that was just because I know the Lord takes care of us like this. He'll take care of your shampoo. He'll take care of a whole lot more things that are serious. Now, Let's get one more little piece right here and we'll be done. Watch this. Second Kings, this time let's go to chapter, that was, well that was 4. So what happened at the end of this? Uh, yeah, look at this. It, it just goes on and on. The same thing you see when you watch Jesus. Uh, look at this. You talk about, you know, you ever get sick at your stomach or you eat something that wasn't right? Watch this. Watch this. It's pretty simple. But we throw Jesus out sometimes. We don't think he's got any, he, any way he can help us. Elijah now returned to Gilgal, but there was famine in the land. In other words, everybody was dirt broke, didn't have much food. One day he was teaching the young prophets. He said to George or Gehazi, make some stew for supper. Well, yeah, but this clown threw something in there he wasn't supposed to throw. One of the young men went out in the field gathering vegetables, come back with some wild gourds. Well, yeah, throw a little poison ivy in there. I mean, oh, mercy. He shredded them, put them in the kettle, and without realizing it, they were poisoned. The King James, now I, I love the King James Bible, but the Living Bible is fantastic. The King James, all you read through here, it says there's death in the pot. <laughs> death in the pot, what's in there? Well, I minute, minute it was poisonous, okay. Anyway, anyway, so here they go. So the, uh, they, they, they put it in the pot and they didn't realize it was poisonous. But afterward, the men had eaten a bite or two. They cried out, oh, sir, there's poison in this stew. Notice he says, bring me some meal, Elisha said. He threw it in the kettle and now it's all right. Go ahead and eat and it didn't harm them what 's all that about? Well, remember, last week, the water in the town was messed up, and, the, and, the, and, the, and it was causing the women again, I tell you anything we ought to have in the Bible is we shouldn 't have trouble with, with having kids because this was the, the women couldn 't have kids. it was a problem, and, but when the water was restored, it happened, and it wasn 't because of chemistry, it was because of a problem that only the Lord could fix anyway, so anyway, one day, a man from this place brought Elijah 's sack full of fresh corn. Twenty individual barley loaves of bread made the first grain harvest. Elisha said use it to feed the prophets. And notice this. He says, now, now, now can you see what's happening here? Now think. I don't even have to make comment. He says, what? Feed a hundred men with only this? Man, you guys are already on the edge of your seat. You're like, <laughs> it's going to happen. Five loaves, two fishes. This is a breeze. Elijah said, go ahead. For the Lord says there will be plenty for all. And some will be left over. Now notice... Is this guy the same guy? Of course he is. He's the Lord. There'll be some left over. When they fed the 5,000, there were 12 baskets full. When they fed the 4,000, there were 7 baskets full left over. Wow. Sure enough, just as the Lord said. Wow. Okay, real quickly. I can go fast on this and watch this. Now, I mean, why do we have the details? Now, this happened. This is supposed to be about kings. And it actually is. Because the next chapter... Oh Chapter Six. Gehazi is going to be because he gets kicked out from working because he does something really bad here, okay George does something stupid he 's just dumb, and George didn 't need to do this. He got greedy. See, the Lord'll bless you financially. you don 't have to be greedy about it. <laughs> King of Syria, Syria, is that on the news today? Yeah, you probably remember who the we don't we can't tell whether or not he 's the bad guy or not. Hassad or whatever yeah he's a bad guy whatever. King of Israel had high admiration for Naaman. Naaman, Ned we'll call him, the commander-in-chief of his army. Great guy. He led his troops to many glorious victories. He was a great hero. Uh Uh-oh, got a little skin cancer called leprosy. Bands of Syrians had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives, in other words, they took slaves, was a little girl who had been given to Ned, or whoever, Naaman, wife as a maid. Well, I don't believe in no slavery. Well, I know, but it just happens. Thank God we're in the United States. We've wiped out ours, but the rest of the world had not And if we ever go under, guess what? It'd be just like Nebuchadnezzar coming over, taking over Israel. We're going to be slaves too. This stuff happens, but there's a way to get out. Jesus, the Lord got with Moses, he got all the Israelites out of Egypt. A miracle. Slavery was completely taken care of. It was just, whatever. Anyway. So that happened. Now watch this. One day, the little girl, she don't know nothing. Oh, really? She doesn't know nothing. Said to her master, her mistress, I wish my master, that's Naaman, would go see the prophet, same guy that's that close to you and I, in Samaria. He would, no, I mean, he might. No, he would. we got to get this right. He would heal him. Now what's so funny about this story is obviously this little girl got in trouble because her parents worshipped idols. The whole nation was worshipping idols, but she still knew the stories about Elijah and about the Lord. This devil stuff wasn't getting it. She already lost her probably her mama, her daddy, her brothers, but she remembered about the Lord. And she she didn't go, oh, I'm having an epiphany. I think, I think, yep, yep. uh, If you go right now. No, this was standard business for you and I. So anyway, guess what? Naaman believed this little girl. That's a shocker. Naaman told the king what the little girl said. Anyway, the king said, hey, by golly, go. go, go Head that way. Well, that's what happened. Go visit the prophet, the king said. I'll send a letter of introduction for you. Anyway, Naaman started out. He took gifts of 20,000, 60,000, 10 suits of clothes, a letter to the king of Israel. Now here's, we're getting back to these kings. There was, I think it was Jehoram or whatever was the king. Anyway, this guy here is going to hit, he's going to go nuts. He's going to say, I can't heal nobody. And that king should have known. That's how far away from the Lord they got. But anyway. Bring this letter to my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him. Uh, The the man bringing this letter is my servant. Heal him of his leprosy. Boy, the king of Israel, he tore his robe and said, This man sends me a a leper to heal. Am I a god that I can kill and give life? He's only trying to get an excuse to invade us again. Well, see, they already owned Israel. Man, they were already making them pay taxes. Terrible. But when Elisha the prophet heard about the king's plight, notice this. Notice he didn't get all upset and saying, no, we cannot be passing out healing. Whoever got the idea we can just heal anybody? Y'all need to quit thinking that way. Look what Elisha said. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me. He'll learn there's a true prophet of God here in Israel. So Naaman arrived with horses, chariots. Remember, he didn't show up in a Volkswagen. I mean, he had all this gold and everything. He showed it with a full entourage. Elijah didn't even go outside. Anyway, but Anyway, so they're outside the door. Elijah sent a message to say, hey, go jump in the Jordan River seven times. And he'll be healed of every trace of his leprosy. Now notice this. Now he's got a bad attitude. You ever thought because you have a bad attitude the Lord won't help you? This guy had a bad attitude, but guess what? He still won't get healed. Your attitude doesn't matter. It's your faith. And you can correct your attitude anyway. He did. Naaman was so angry, he stalked away. He just, man, look. I thought he would at least come out and talk to me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call upon the Lord. I mean, he had it all figured out, didn't he? You know. And he said, and he goes on says, Man, if it has, anyway, uh, aren't there, uh, let's we'll just say the Tennessee River, the Mississippi River, aren't they better than the rivers of Israel to put together? If rivers is what I need, I'll just go home. Boy, he was mad. So he went away in a rage. Oh, he threw his miracle away. But look, his officers tried to reason with him. Notice it wasn't servants. Man, this was, this was General so-and-so, General so-and-so. They finally had to tell Big Shot here, look, come on. Anyway. You, you drugged me out of bed to come over here to this other nation. Well, just, just go jump in the river, come on. And that's what he did. If the prophet told you to do some great thing, wouldn't you have done it? So you certainly should obey him. And, and when he says, do something simple and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down the Jordan River, dipped in seven times, just like a baby. Oh, my goodness. He was completely well. His flesh came back as healthy as a little child. He was healed. Then he and his entire party, man, they went back to find him. They stood humbly before Naaman and said, I know at last there's no God in all the world except in Israel. This is the same thing Nebuchadnezzar said. Okay. Now, please accept my gifts. Now, notice this. Elijah wouldn't take the money. Mm -mm. Not a time to receive. He said, I swear by Jehovah, I will not. I'm about done with this. Watch this and we'll stop. Naaman urged him to take it, but he refused. Now watch what Naaman says. This is so fantastic. Watch closely. Now this is what loving the Lord is. I think we can do this. Don't make it so hard thinking loving the Lord is, I sing three times in the morning, I do this, and I, I go to Richard's church, and I do, quit putting all these drills on yourself. Look at this. He says, please give me, this is Naaman, this big general, Schwarzenegger, whatever. Give me two mule, load, mule loads of earth to take back with me. What? Five-gallon buckets full of dirt, 10 or 20 of them. For from now on, I'll never again offer any other burnt sacrifices to any other God except the Lord. Now, that's what destroyed the Israelites because they started worshiping the moon, the stars, and everything else. Now, watch this line. However, because he has a job, he has to go work for his boss. Watch this. May the Lord pardon me of this one thing. I'm going to stop right here. When my master, the king, goes in the temple of the god of Rimon, oh brother, to worship there and leans on my arm, got to have my best general with me. Hey, let's go over to the god and go have service. Oh. Anyway, he says, when I go in there, he says, and he leans on my arm, may the Lord pardon me when I bow. Now, notice who's speaking for the Lord. Notice what he says. All right. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Well, anyway. We'll read the rest of it later. Father, we just thank you for your help today. We thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll fix us, just like Naaman. Or if it's skin problems, whatever. Praise the Lord. We all things try to get a hold of us sometimes, but we got help from you. We do. Lord, if it's financial, you'll take care of that, just like we read about this prophet. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, if it's not listed anything we've noticed this morning, but we just got some other problem that we're faced with. Lord, we know what to do. We're going, we're going to act like Naaman. There's no other God in all the world that can help like you do. So we'll just ask you for help. Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others the great things you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Hallelujah.